If you are under the age of 18, you should not be listening to this podcast. Also, this is your official spoiler warning. There will be all the spoilers. All the spoilers. Heavy spoilers. Very heavy. Very heavy. Thank you for listening to this podcast. co-hosts Adelona Sadai. I'm your other co-host Rebecca Sadai. Thank you. Welcome guys. Oh my gosh. Can't believe we're 19 deep dude. That's crazy. And uh, if you can't tell I do sound a little different today. I'm trying to chug water feel better but oh, it's been a struggle today. All right. This has been a crazy week so yeah. It has been absolutely <laughs> insane. And it's only going to get more insane as the holidays continue. I know. I don't think we're, we're going to be back to a regular schedule until like next year. No, probably not because the last episode of the TV show is on Christmas Eve. It is, yeah. Um, and so this episode, we are going to be discussing episodes four and five of the TV show. Um While it's airing, we've decided to do every other. Um, So we'll cover two episodes of TV and then a chapter, or not a chapter, a point of view view. from the last battle because- We're going to be going a while on those points of views, man. That is going to take like six months. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean- It is pretty close. I think I counted and it is legitimately like four and a half months of point of view episodes and that's if we weren't doing every other every other for the length of time that the wheel of time shows out so it's probably going to be more like five five and a half months <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy but hey if you really wanted to know all about the last battle this is the place for you speaking of which speaking of which if the whole scene with Perrin's golden eyes didn't make the primal being inside you writhe in happiness. This is not the podcast for you. Fair. Yeah. Um, if you aren't all about uh, Lana and her warders, then this podcast is not for you. I'm going to have an addendum at the end on that one. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't considered just how hot it would be to hear Loyal growl on the TV show with the bass he's already got going on, this is not the podcast for you. <laughs> My goodness. If you think 
that Loyal would be too chatty in bed. Oh, God. <laughs> or if you haven't thought that he might be too chatty in bed, then this podcast is not for you. <laughs> Lord, I could see him sitting there trying to explain something. And I'm like, dude, I'm over it. Let's go. Fingers. Yeah, like, ah, right now. appreciate this. Tell me all about it. <laughs> Use those words on me, sir. Wait, I don't need to know the history of the Kama Sutra. I'm good. I promise. Use what you know exactly. from the Kama Sutra. Show ah. me. <laughs> you have already considered himself. that after he stopped talking, it's going to get real interesting. <laughs> or if you did not pay attention to the size of Loyal's fingers, oh this podcast is not for you. <laughs> Look. And getting back to Alana's Warders, yes, if you don't follow Taylor Napier, it's at CT Napier on Twitter, purely for the thirst trap that is his profile. <laughs> this podcast yeah. is definitely not for you. That man is gorgeous. Yeah, he was like follow number two for me on Twitter when I joined after Wraith. <laughs> and then Sarah. <laughs> yeah. So, tweets of the week. Man. All right. Oh, tweet of the week, man. Okay. So, there was a tweet uh, from Wadup, and <laughs> it showed Valda's uh, costume change to the sleeveless. And it had like a pair of aviators on him. <laughs> it said, sun's out, guns out. And I was like, I love that. Oh, so much yes. All the yes. Just perfection. <laughs> He's a horrible person, but he is beautiful to look at. <laughs> right? Yes. I feel that way about a lot of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> like Kate Fleetwood. Oh my goodness. I love to hear her. Wow yes that would be it oh man that would be a love-hate relationship there. that would mm -hmm. that would absolutely be a love-hate what's yeah. yours um <laughs> i didn't really get to picking one i was fairly absent from twitter this week yeah um due to some traveling that i was doing so i don't have a great tweet of the week um I posted a tweet and then some jerk decided to comment on it, uh, but then <laughs> I muted him. So, sir, I'm sorry if you listen to this podcast, but uh, I just don't tolerate that sort of stuff coming into my sphere. <laughs> Lovely. Yep. So since you don't have a tweet of the week, not really, okay. I will <laughs> insert the Hinderstaff thread because... Yeah. My goodness, this thing has been going on for a week as of recording. At least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, so it beautiful. comes back over and over and over again. And it started? Uh-huh. Look, I'm not going to claim credit for the whole entire no. thread. But no, no, I saw that you were called into <laughs> some threads. Like, anytime anything about the Children of the Light comes down, or anyone brings up something sexy, Adelora's name, she is summoned. I am. You are summoned. Anytime there's any kind of kinky fuckery, 
or one of the it's children look alike, especially Dave. <laughs> yes. So Dane started the entire thread by yeah. saying that he realized that he could see all the channeling and he was like, I feel sick. And of course, <laughs> referencing the, the uh, sickness that you get when you start to channel. And <clears throat> so I was called in around Snakes the hill from there. Snakes and foxes and I were arguing over his saber. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. it was in and out of the hill from there. So <laughs> it just spiraled. We had Cranky O'Kelly in it at one point when I started bringing out the whips and chains. We had Shaitan in it. We had uh, yeah. Kafon, who is um, child, not a dark friend. We had the Lord Captain Commander in it at one point. Oh my gosh, there was a lot going on there. I did see that. <sighs> there still is a lot going. It's still going strong. Like I'm it's still getting on my phone. And apparently now, Kfon. Friends. Yeah. Apparently now, Kfon is making uh, cookies, mm -hmm. but they're four fruit cookies. <laughs> so. Oh my god! People started singing it. Or tweeting it, not knowing what it was. And they'll continue tweeting it. Forever, just because. Yes. <laughs> that never ends. It is the thread that never ends. My goodness. I just realized how perfect Twitter is for the Wheel of Time because of the threads. <laughs> it was meant to be. It really was. It was absolutely meant to be. My goodness. All right, so I have all my notes. Yes. <laughs> I thought post-its would be easier, but then I learned that post-its are easily out of order. Out of order. Yeah. So next week, I will try something different, people. Sorry. <sighs> Works in the book, just not for the TV show. Yes. So episode four, we start out with Logan. Okay, just gonna squeal in because he is a beautiful man. Tall, dark, and broody. That's my type. I'm telling you. He, like, I cannot see Logan any other way. Like, it was the face for the character that I had in my head. It. Let me I say, say, I my Logan was entirely different before yeah. I saw Alvaro Morte. No, entirely Kate, different and now i can't see anything thank else. you thank you like she all all of the actors in this show to me have just been amazing i can't i mean even if they weren't what you had pictured it in the first place like watching them on the show they have become my characters so absolutely um anyway so he does this like head cock yeah, and I just that sent shivers right through my body. <laughs> yes, my goodness. And all I could think was the arrogance. Right, right. <sighs> so hot. And then the voices, I think, are very interesting. So it shows they are showing, I think, with this interpretation, the Sidine and Sidar showing that a soul can be made man or woman in any age and channel one or the other. 
So again, I feel like it's leading us astray on who the dragon is. That is an interesting take on that one. I like that. Okay. Um, Because they show, like, when he, when they are channeling with him, Mm -hmm. um, you can see the white and black interweaving um, as he channels. So I thought that was super interesting. And then you hear the female voice and the male voice. And you know that he thinks these are his past lives, whether they are or not. Right. Um, we don't know if they're real at this point. We don't have Grendel to, or Simrog to give us any insight on it. Um, so yeah, that was interesting to me. That is very and, interesting. So, but yeah, Logan. Yeah, Logan. I also find it interesting how he shows compassion and how he gets you know, the kings and lords and all that behind him by sparing them and making them believe he's the dragon. Yes, and it shows how um, men who can channel are often spotted. They have charisma um, and they often start out with good luck. Um, For those of you who who haven't researched as to why, (laughs) <laughs> or how they show up like if I mean I'm just going to put it out there if you um, have not read the books you should not be listening to this podcast <laughs> so then yeah so all of the rest of you are just in the know so yeah if you don't know or haven't read this is how it happens um, I know they talk about it in the new spring um that this is one of the signs of a man who can channel they rise suddenly they have good luck um and they're charismatic and it's pretty interesting how they do that um then moving on to my next thoughts kareen karenna i am not sure exactly so she has her warder step in and the books she has two yeah and in the, the book, she's also yeah. dead at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I am looking at this like, this is if she had lived. And this is another turning of the wheel. This right. Exactly the way that the books are. Because if it was right. like we discussed before, straight from book to screen, we would all be going, okay, why am I watching? <sighs> I know. And it would seem kind of boring. Like, you know, exactly what's coming next. And this makes it really fun to watch because you want to know like, what they are choosing from the books to bring in, what they're inserting. And I like it that they pull in lines and story from everywhere. Um, And you just don't know where it's coming from. There was another couple of lines that came through and I'm like, yep, that is uh, from another part in the book or just said by another character. Right. Um. So I did a little research on her because she's only really mentioned in, in, in the new spring. So I wanted to see what we right. could find out. Um, and so if she had survived, like her relationships would have come out this way. Um, she's known for strict adherence to the law. Yep. You can see that. Um, she is, she dies on a boat and she has the two warders. So, um, again, I wonder like when she died, 
the boat like they must have obviously killed her warders too like what happened then did she actually die in a boat or did somebody get rid of her and just say she died on a boat i don't know it's the only thing that we really know is that that's supposedly what happened that's the story that's been told about it um but we also know from Moraine's point of view in the New Spring or a New Spring that um, she was one of the searchers for the Dragon yep. Ravenborn. Yes. So, and, and she, sorry. <laughs> As anybody that's read a New Spring knows, there were a ton of searchers, and the only pair of searchers that survived were Moraine and Lan. Swan. Well, Swan wasn't really a well. Was she a searcher? She was. She was because yeah, she was. She was under the bed of the White Sister, who was her. What was her name? I think it started with an M. If you know, comment below. Right. Um, anyway, so she had not gone to her bed that night, but the Yellow, and I'm pretty sure it was Chesmal, had announced that she died in her sleep. But she couldn't have because Swan was hiding underneath her bed because she was going to tell her about the Black Aja. Okay. So then, um, so Swan and Moraine, because Swan was the assistant to the blue eyes and ears at that time. And so she and Moraine were able to stay in contact. So Swan worked her way up, gained influence in the hall. And then rose to the Amarillan seat where Moraine was out doing um, the footwork because yeah. Moraine did not want to be queen. Yeah, which is another long convoluted story. I know. I love them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So next is Alana who comes up. <sighs> She's making me like, the actress is making me like her character when I kind of really didn't like her in the books. I know, and I don't want to like her. I know, but <laughs> Priyanka Bose does a great job. Ugh, I am in love with Alana and her warders. Yes. They are beautiful, and I love, like, I was trying to come up with a good way to express how I felt about her, and I'm like, she's just lovely she is and she is gray naja to a t oh i love it. and she's like one warder would never do and Perfect. the way she says battle ash uh -huh. oh that yep. was beautiful <laughs> if i already had not already had my bisexual awakening this moment right? would have been it. it is coming right out guys <laughs> every sense of the word like seriously if you if you're still straight by the end of this whole show good for you good for you <laughs> we know that you're 100 straight if you're still yeah because the there are some very beautiful beautiful people who are in this show oh beautiful Oh, and then, like, when she laughs and giggles and says, the dog who wasn't your dog, Jenny. 
<laughs> One me over right there. That was it. <laughs> I have so many questions about that whole story about Jenny. Yeah, me too. I think we all know who Jenny was. I mean, pretty sure. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say it outright, but there's enough wiggle room left on purpose. Yep. To be like, okay. I, I so I just love that they're putting in like all these little Easter eggs for those of us who have read the books. <laughs> like, so it was sort of that way. I mean, not to this extent in Game of Thrones. Like they just base it, they blatantly followed the books. Um, but it also helped because George R. R. Martin was a screenwriter to begin with. Yeah. Um, I just want to say like the things that they're doing for us fans who have been reading books. Thank you. Thank you to all of you involved in the Wheel of Time on Pride because yes, it's fun. It's so fun watching for those little hints and those things. So one of my good friends, and she told me I can talk about her on the podcast, um, has not read the books and she kept saying she was going to start reading the books, but she never did start reading the books before the show came out. Okay. So she has been watching the show and we talk about it the next day or whatever after she's watched it. And this time with episode five, I'm like, oh, there's two like really great hints at the very beginning of episode five as to who the dragon reborn is. And so she's like, is it Perrin? She has ruled out Matt because by the end of episode five, he looks sick. Um, she's ruled out Egwene, especially after this episode. She's like, nope, she's going to go with the Aes Sedai. It's not Egwene. I'm like, okay. And then, so it's either her parent or the white guy. <laughs> the white guy. The white guy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's... <laughs> I think it's really funny, like hearing her reasoning for everything. So I then I told her about the hints and she's like, oh man, now I need to watch it again. <laughs> and she's like, is it an Easter egg for like would the person who hasn't read the books notice it? I'm like, Yeah. I think so. Like at this point, like you should be getting hints. And I feel like they're making it. Like they're paying more attention to everybody else to lead the non-readers around at a wild goose chase. So it's really fun, I think, talking to people who haven't read the books. And I'm going to guarantee you that right now, the people who have not read the books don't remember the dagger. Oh, no. They don't remember the dagger at all. No. Um our kids, uh, they have not read the books. They who have been watching, they're like, "What is wrong with that guy?" Like, they don't remember that he took something he wasn't supposed to. And I feel like it's a really great teaching moment as parents. <laughs> yes, this, and this is, is why you don't touch things that don't belong to you. <laughs> when I say "Don't you touch that," this is why. There's a reason. Yeah. I read the Wheel of Time. I knows what I knows. I know what happens. <laughs> Thank you, Letter Kenny. I know what happens when you steal. You turn into Matt. 
<laughs> yeah. Or Pinocchio when you lie. And you're a naughty boy and you get the donkey ears. <laughs> this is this is a whole other connotation for naughty boy, okay? <laughs> I saw you get that one. <laughs> yep. All right. So then we see Bran, Matt, and Tom at the yeah. Grinwells. Oh man, that whole scene. Oh. So then Bran steps in all cocky and self-assured. Yeah, I mean, duh. To prevent the fight. Hold on, guys, with that goofy little smile on his face. Yeah, I you're, not gonna, you're not gonna pull that bow. <laughs> yep. And even he didn't realize there were two women behind him. <laughs> yeah. Or a but, woman and a girl. Uh, a child. Yeah. Um, oh, and then there's Matt and Brigitte. <sighs> That's excellent foreshadowing for the future. Oh, I, I know. Cannot wait to see Matt and Brigitte on screen together. Oh, I love all of the non-sexual male-female relationships. Absolutely. It proves it's a thing. It can be, it can happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love it. How and how well they're portraying that in the show. So we'll get to my favorite part with that soon. But and then Tom tells the story of Owen. And it's so sad because I just listened to it in the Shadow Rising today when he and Moraine talk about it. Yeah. And boy, there are signs in that book too about. Yep. Um. Uh. <laughs> oh, so then we get to meet the oh. and some and Kelly. Oh, <laughs> I wrote this that. So I was listening to Tom and Maureen. Yeah. And um, so Tom brings up in the show that he was away when the I said I came for his nephew. Right. And I decided to write down he was away getting some and killing Maureen's brother. Yeah. Yes, he was. Oh, that is what he was doing. <laughs> that is a nice little twist. That is a nice little twist. Holy shit. <laughs> And I love how he says there's nothing more dangerous than a man who knows the past. Yeah. Oh, man. What I think that's that? also kind of like a, a, a callback to, or not really a callback, a call forward, I guess, foreshadowing for <clears throat> whenever Rand starts remembering things about the Forsaken. Yeah, I thought about that too. Um, also... It reminds me of how storytelling and histories were passed on. There was, wasn't that what the, but no, not a bard. What were they, is that what they were called? I'm sorry, I'm going back to like Scotland, um, England, and the Druid days. They had like people in their society who were the history takers. 
the historians so were all yeah. they gave oral verbal history. yeah and so they told the stories that way right hey buddy oh we got a puppers mm -hmm. yeah i know you love adelorna oh <laughs> he does every time we talk he <laughs> has to come check it out it's adorable um oh yeah and then we find out about the we have the leaf yes i like how they introduce this and i have more thoughts on it in episode five but yes we'll wait until we get there because yeah. lots of thoughts in episode five on the way of belief yeah but i also really enjoy her when she tells the story to perrin Ela. Ila does Ila, Ila. Sure. is it pronounced Ila or Ila on the show i don't I know. know i'm gonna have to rewatch again um and so she's telling Isla, or Isla is telling Perrin about how she is getting revenge on those terrible men. And I thought, well, that is very interesting because normally you feel like pacifists don't have like a revenge spirit, but they can. Apparently. The wheel is going to weave. The yes. wheel is going to weave. There is balance. Um, sure. And how Egwene asked Aram if he's sure they haven't found the song yet. That is deep. Like seeing all the happiness and the harmony, and it's beautiful. And I find it interesting how they show that the traveling people have something kind of like a rumspringa. Yeah, I. I have that too, somewhere. Somewhere, okay. Yeah, in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, am, I, live, awesome. I live in Amish country, so like, I have heard of the Rumspringa, and I thought it was super interesting that they brought that up as well, and how they threw that in there. Yeah, I mean. It's so cool. I think giving this is where we're going to go into mom territory but i think yeah. giving your child all the options and all the possibilities and all the opportunities to decide what they want and where they want to go with their life instead of narrowing their path for them and saying this is what you need to do right that's key <laughs> yeah like you don't choose their future they get to choose their future they need that's to be cool. happy yeah oh ooh. <clears throat> also another tangent I mean, it's not a tangent, it's about the show. So yes. <laughs> um, I like how Ila, Isla, Ila brings up to Perrin when he fixes the wheel, like, ah, oh, the work makes you happier or you find pride in the work and that's your honor. And I'm like, oh, they're already bringing in Giotto. Yes. Yes. Ooh. And like tying the twatha on to the aiel with this like uh, all of the nice little threads that the show is weaving i i'm for this like yes absolutely you can tell like so much thought has gone into the foreshadowing and what they are doing with the show and if you pay attention you can find these little glimpses um of where it could be going and what's coming up and it, i think that they're doing 
I think that they're doing a really great job. They are. And that's Absolutely. my opinion. I'm not going to be sorry for it because it's amazing. And again, my warder is still on Facebook groups. Man, look. I don't have anything against some of the people out there. Like, I am in some Facebook group, too. Like, but just, he seems to find, like, all the angry people. Like, how? Like, I see the positivity. Or maybe it's just that I choose to see that and not. He's so Jenna. I don't know. It's, It's, I've noticed that with Twitter, mm-hmm. the things that you click on more, the things that you interact with more, the things yeah. that pop up on your timeline. And if you are looking for angry things on Twitter <laughs> to give you a reason not to be on Twitter, you're gonna find them. This is true. This is true. Um, so yeah, silly boy. Oh, I hate Lee Andrews. Do what? When Leandrin goes and talks to Nynaeve. Yeah. Which time? <laughs> I know, right? So the first time when she goes up and she's like, Nynaeve? Nynaeve? Whatever. I don't know how to pronounce your name. And Nynaeve's like, yeah, that's because I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't quite place your accent. That's because I haven't said anything to you. Yeah. I'm not talking. Um, and then she's like, tell me what you know about Moraine. And Leandrin's like, ooh, right into my hands, my brain. Little does she know. <laughs> she does not know. Yep. Oh, and then Aram and Egwene. Oh, man. So good. Look, I'm kind of upset that I'm liking Aram right now. Right? I hated I, him in the books. <laughs> I like how they're making me question all of my book opinions <laughs> yes. oh man you no know, that's what it should be making you think and bringing new points of view and perspectives to those of us who have read the book because otherwise there's not going to be anything interesting in it yeah. for you absolutely i mean the winter dragon try to follow like word for word and we all know how everybody feels about that so maybe try something that isn't word for word like the books and it might be better like it'll still give you little surprises yeah just let it be oh and then and and matt and Rand's like i'm here for you you know that right i'm like Oh, their bromance. So good. It's so beautiful. It really is. You're so tender <laughs> and caring. They really then, are. Ooh, so in the dream that Rand has, we have Perrin hammering chains that are tied around Layla. Yeah. We have the red hand on Matt and freaking Baalzaman is taking Egwene. Yep. 
so much foreshadowing. Shalom. Okay, so then, so that's what confused me because I'm like, okay, so Bal- Alzamon is taking Egwene, and then they go into Valda catching Egwene. So then I'm like, so are these combined then? So then I started thinking, could Valda be like one of the Forsaken? Maybe that's the way that they're playing it, I guess. But Valda is a dark friend. Valda was not. The man who named himself Vords was not Valda. Valda was just a really awful human being. Hold on. Valda is just a terrible human being. I could swear he's a dark friend. Okay. So, I don't recall seeing any evidence that he was a dark friend. Just does really terrible, awful, disgusting things. Just like in the TV show. Oh, I did see a nice redheaded um, white cloak. And I thought to myself, is this child buyer? (laughs) Because what a great nod that would have been to have been recognized (laughs) for them. He's got to be. Look, because he said, look, these are the things that happened in the books. I know the things that happened. But wasn't he visited by Shada Haran? No, that wasn't Valda. That was someone else. What's his name? Now I have to look it up. Where you can get all of your research needs. Tarvalon Library. Um, Oh, that's Jacob Carradin. You're right. Anna was just a really bad person. You're absolutely, why do I mix the two of them in my head? I, I don't blame you. I think that might be what they're kind of going for in this. It could be. Um, like, he's sort of a combination of all the really bad white cloaks. Right, including Rada Masanawa. Yes, yes. I pointed that one out because um, he's a questioner, so. Yeah. He is not, not a good guy. At all. There's At stuff all. Coming He's up even cause... worse in the show than he is in the books. And Look, I, I did not know that gonna... was possible. <laughs> right? I can't even imagine what's going to happen with the more gay scene if they have that in the TV show. My goodness, I'm know. not looking forward to that. No. That's going to be a giant trigger warning on that episode for me. Like, I um, almost got triggered episode five with what they did to Egwene, but let's get there. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, ooh. Tom fights a fade. This is our Tom and the fade scene. Now, Tom will be gone for a while, which saddens my heart. Yeah. Sadly, really no more sad Tom for a while. Really enjoying watching him. Yeah. Um... Oh, the Warder Circle. Yeah. Lance Friends Approve. Yep, they do. Yep, they approve of Naive. Um, and we also want to point out here that Rafe 
You have a very beautiful boyfriend. Oh my gosh. Just thank you for sharing so with the world. I know. Thank you, thank you for like, sharing your boyfriend with the world because wow. Yeah, thank you. Like, and he is perfect as Alana's warder. Like, absolutely. Oh, the two of them are yum. Sorry, I don't use that word like to describe people, but <laughs> he's a smack and a half. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. Again, thank you. Okay, so then um, also I call Matt and um, Mashadar, Matt Shadar. Matt Shadar. Matt Shadar. <laughs> That's Shadar. Great, I like it. It's Matt Shadar. Um, sees the fade. Yeah. And then the fade attacks. And then I there goes Tom. Oh my God. And who else thought that it was Matt? that took out the Grimmels. I thought that for half a second. Yeah. I, like, I mean, no, I no, didn't no, no, like, no. I kept telling myself, is this, this is not Matt, not Matt, not Matt. But like, there's this like little voice in your head that's like, it could be, it could be. You don't know what they're, where they're going with this. Yep. Which is kind of the fun part about the TV show. Being different, oh. yeah. And then Lan and Moraine at the end of episode four. Yes. And Lan is like, I shouldn't drink. Because it makes you emotional. You always get emotional when I drink. (laughs) It's like, my losses are, or your losses are my losses. And they look at each other with their sweet, sad eyes. Yes. And they hold hands as friends. And it is like the perfect platonic male-female relationship absolutely showing you that you can have the utmost respect for each other and care about each other and there is a love there that is not romantic yeah i'd be super connected and absolutely in touch with each other's feelings emotions needs wants desires and not have it be romantic yeah which is not a thing i would say on this podcast or i thought i would say on this podcast but it's it's nice would support this <laughs> this this non-sexual relationship but we're for it and um i'm also for um lan and nynaeve and their nice little flirtations that keep Absolutely. coming through my goodness it's pretty yes. great i love it um anything else that you have to say about episode four how did you not mention the entire thing with Nani feeling everyone? Oh yeah, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it was only the biggest moment in the entire episode. Rebecca! <laughs> to me, Lana Maureen. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look. Duh, Becky. Whew. Logan. Because my goodness, Nani goes Dragon Ball Z in this motherfucker. <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> <laughs> like over 9,000. Yes. Yeah. Right she there with that, just the hand. Look. I know. And I like how Sarah Nakamura explained that it wasn't Logan seeing the weaves, but he's feeling a shockwave of the power. And that, I'm like, yes, like that 
is what I hoped it was going to be or the description like because I knew he wasn't going to be able to see the power but I mean yeah yeah it's cool so Nynaeve girl's got stuff she has she's pretty powerful she is talented and it, yeah and it looks like they're talented miss n <laughs> it looks like they're up in her game in the tv show as opposed to the books like she is powerful in the books but i don't think it is this level they the don't play it up in the books like they're doing in this um which i like it gives her more of her own right it gives her more agency and more yeah. meaning within the story and she i mean she's great so yeah. i love that they are worshiping Nynaeve as much as the rest of us girls got a game yeah Nynaeve can get it all right great. <laughs> uh, episode five all right the backwards boots in the stirrups. So sad. And then when they go through town and the town or in the city people, okay. Nope. First thing I need to point out is we have Skip Camelin and they switch the timeline around a little bit, but I honestly like how this works. Um, yeah. Camelin honestly wasn't that huge of a plot point in episode or in book one yeah he meets elaine and elida um, makes that foretelling about him being yeah him. i mean but at that point like you already know like there's something going on with rand because the book followed him mostly yeah um it's kind so, of yeah so i mean we know that already so i didn't think it would have to be Camelin. It'll be interesting to see them get back together and then what happens in the second half of this season. Right. With that. Um, but and I don't. Yes. Sarah Nakamura in her rewatch, because she was live tweeting during her rewatch, yeah. said that there is a very important reason why they're in Tarvalin instead of meeting back up in Camelin. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that, to seeing what Me that too. could possibly be. I, I like it so far. Like, yeah. I'm not opposed to it at all. Absolutely. Um, yeah. My warder and I discussed that too. We're like, nope, we, we're okay with this. Like this, I mean, it's not like we had a choice, but we're like, yeah, this, okay, is, this is fine. This yeah. We're like, yeah, this is good. This is edible. <laughs> um, and then it, how Leanne calls it home and she's like, is it home? She's like, my home is my cloak, my saddle, the horse, the brooding man next to me. All dark and broody. Yep. I love it. Like, yes. I'm like, way to point it out. Like, call him out on this broody. Yep. I We haven't seen, like, much of her playfulness yet. And she is inside, like. Yeah. We're seeing I, little bits and pieces of it. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Um. And then Rand recognizes Dragon Mount. Yes. It's nice yeah. to see them all just kind of. I know. He's like that. He's like, I know I've seen that before. And like, that's right. You have. Like, yeah. number one, you were born there. 
<laughs> yeah. One born there. Number two. Your previous uh, life made it. You died there. <laughs> you made it. Yeah. See, and but that's the other thing where I'm like, huh, so why did we not see any of the channeling sickness? Because obviously he's starting to get loose there and he a little bit. Yeah. So and he I think, to open the door. He had to. Right. So um I think what was I going to say about it? So I think we saw so much of Rand's perspective in the books that they're showing other perspectives in the show. So like we as book readers, people already know what's going on in Rand's world. Right. Just like, um, I also was looking for hints and you can kind of see it in Rand's face um, when Loyal points out that he's an Aielman. Um, and like, on the reddit um threads that rafe was doing someone said how come we didn't get the um ride we didn't see the ride back to the town from the farm with all and me. the conversation with tam and he's like didn't we like there's more to come you know like we see them come into town we see ram looking very distraught um not being a reader you would think okay yeah he's worried about his dad but being a reader you also know they just had this conversation like there's a lot going on in Rand's head right now that he needs to process. No wonder he's angry and cranky and it's terrible. And then um, you watch his face and you like really start paying attention to what he says in response to things. And you're like, yep. There. Yeah, and Rand doesn't know he's channeling. And maybe we'll see more of the sickness to come but it's a possibility yeah. um so they went to see tom's friend the innkeeper i like that they did not say it was queen's blessing or that it was Gazel or basil gill because that does not belong to our valen no, it's not. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's where we draw the line he's a good queen's man and does not belong there <laughs> um Ooh, and then we see Nynaeve in the tower. And Moraine explaining Aes Sedai politics. Which I thought was touching because she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to go out of her way to help Nynaeve. But I think that she is really starting to notice the bond that she and Lan are forming. Knows that there's going to be something in the future between the two of them because she can see the cracks already. Yes. So she tries to help Nynaeve as much as Nynaeve is fighting it and doesn't want her to. Oh, exactly. I thought Leandrian put it perfectly. Her dis her distressing amount of distrust towards Aes Sedai. Yes. Plus there was also something in there where um, I think it may be later on in episode five where Maureen and Alana are having a talk. In Maureen's bed, of all things, which I was like, okay, I'm here for this, but I didn't wake up to this. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait to see Maureen and Swan. 
Yes, because as a book reader, we'll know they have this outward animosity, mm-hmm. but they're working together behind the scenes. Exactly. Um, also, I love the Tinkers in episode five. And I wrote down for you, Adelorna, your fucking almost husband and his band of merry men. <laughs> Come to see yes. them. <laughs> my, my almost husband and his band of merry men decided they're yep. going to meet up the traveling people. Who tinkers? Who makes up a tinker? White cloaks, obviously. It's like, tra- it's like beating up Gandhi. Like, legit. Or loyal. What? Right? Don't beat up loyal. Um, and the tinkers show just how badass they can be pacifism can be. Yeah. Like just because they don't fight doesn't mean they're not brave. They link arms and they hold their own against the white cloaks to let Perrin or try to get Perrin and Egwene free. And Aram helps them try to escape. Right. At this point, Arm's a better warder for Egwene than Gawain will ever be. Look, I can't help but wonder what would have happened if that had gone a different way. I don't think Aram would have been quite so fucking crazy later on. Like, the Tinkers are, like, all that is pure and lovely and hopeful and so courageous like oh i love them yeah uh oh yeah and i also wrote down the timing to show the redhead on there i didn't point out child liar all right then guess who we meet i can't read that who do we meet Loyal! Loyal. We made loyal. Oh my god. I screamed and I squealed and I kicked my feet and I stomped around and I waved my arms and I was Look. So great. I may have been scolding my child during that first watch when he comes onto the screen and had to rewind it. But in the middle of me (laughs) scolding my child I heard that deep rumbling bass, and I'm like, <laughs> "Let me see those ogier fingers." Sit down, kid. I gotta rewind. <laughs> I gotta look at some ears. <laughs> it wasn't even really the ears for me. It's no. the voice. It's the. Uh, wow, he is. Oh my god. The epitome of he. Again, the, the casting is perfect and i love how he rambles and he is full of exposition oh Oh, my gosh well is perfection he is already the best part of this show and he absolutely knows where north harbor is not only does he know where north harbor is he knows all of the things about north harbor and the white tower and the, the ogier grove and the everything about Tarva. exactly so he knows all of it <laughs> then he calls rand aiel which is the first note that 
watchers are getting that Rand may not be from the two rivers. However, there's a small one earlier when Tom and Matt they say the hair. Down, they say the thing about the hair and how it's highly unusual to find someone outside the IEO waste that has that color hair. Yeah, so that was our first hint about that. Our second hint, he's not from the two rivers. Right here. And do you see, see how defensive Rand gets? Absolutely. About not being an IEL and being from the two rivers. He's like, all right, so an IEL from a two rivers. That is odd. You are odd. <laughs> He's like, I like it. <laughs> like it. I like you, loyal. <laughs> and then I love when Rand picks up the book and he's sad and loyal looks at him and he's like, why would the travels of Jane Farstrider make you sad? I can't believe we got the travels of Jane Farstrider in there. I'm so happy it. about it though. Like, I love him. He's such a rush. Like, yeah, he is everything I hoped and wanted to be in the show for him. Like it. And there's a lot of people complaining about how he looks, whatever, whatever, but it's either this or it's a whole bunch of really obvious cgi which one do you want yeah like i'll take this I, one thanks i love it it's very theatrical absolutely like, oh he is yes uh -huh. thank you this is beautiful i am in love oh none of that yawning shit i know me so then logan <laughs> is going past random matt and he's laughing because he sees them. And at first, I love how they throw people and he looks at Matt or they show Matt first. And Matt's like tuned in, but it is Rand. And that's when he really laughs. I um, think they show a little bit after that though, that he was just sitting there and that Matt was imagining it. I know, that was weird too. Yeah. I don't, I'm gonna have to watch that again. Yeah. And then the story of Stepin and Krina. Krina? I don't know yet. Krina. The lady. The green eyes to die. Yeah, the up to this point uh, Captain General of the Green Aja. So sad. <laughs> and then um, Alana and her warders how she would have 20 of them if she could. You and most other greens. <laughs> you right. Um, I also really loved the ceremony that they had for Step in and how they put the ring back in. So it's like a wheel of time, you know? Absolutely. Born into each eye to die that way. It's so beautiful. And Sarah was actually talking about that on Twitter as well. And she yeah. mentioned that the rings get melted down whenever they're able to be returned and they're used to make new rings for the next ice sky. So beautiful. Like yeah. these are details that weren't necessarily found in the books and they added them. And just to make it more of a world for those who are watching and not reading. And 
I love the detail that they put into it. Um, Absolutely. Also, I have um, the foreshadows of Maureen that Alana brings up about Maureen being around for a long, long time and that she needs to share her secrets. Yeah. And then um, they also talk about how, if and how, a water bond can be passed. Yep. Which again, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Um, I also made a note about Leandrin versus Maureen. Look. One Maureen. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. How she touches her face. I'm like, ooh, Leandrin, you are a red. Yep. She's I will also say that unless I miss my guess, they're going to be combining Elida and Leandrin. I have not, I'm not, I am preparing myself for that. Like, yeah. Just because I love to hate both characters separately so much. Right. They have a different kind of evil in each of them. Um, so I am interested to see how it plays out. Yes. And I'm pretty sure, uh, like, calling back to a Q&A from Rafe before the season aired, um, he was asked which character it does not show up in season one that you're looking the most forward to showing up in season two. And he said it begins with an EL. I don't yeah. think it's Elida. I was hoping it would be Elida, but I think it's going to be Elaine. I think it's Elaine. Yeah. Um, all right. So the funerals that they have so far in the show are beautiful. God. All beautiful. Yeah. All of them. The candles and then... The one with the warders, like that was his family. Yeah. And um, Taylor's character says in the show, he had no family until he came to the White Tower. Yeah. Like, again, I love his character and he is beautiful. Yeah. Lucky, happy man, Rafe Jenkins. Uh, look. <laughs> We are now living vicariously through you. Absolutely. That man is delicious. Um, <laughs> there are some people that are upset because Leon actually shows a ton of emotion during this funeral. But I will point out that it is part of the ceremony for him to feel the emotion for the rest of them. They say that out loud in the yes. episode. Yeah. And it only has more impact because it's coming from Lan. Somebody who is supposed to be not, yeah. stoic. I mean, there and, are cultures where they have professional keeners. Yes. So, like, this is them letting out their grief. And they're yes. doing it through Lan. The one that they truly respect and was very close to Stepin. So, yeah. Um, also, oh, I forgot how Maureen called out Lan that Nynaeve was at the water spire every night. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he, she was worried about Stepin. 
Mm-hmm. That's not right. worried about. Sure. <laughs> because she was there before all the shit went down. Yep. So I started making a lot of notes about the white cloaks. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I will say that I'm happy that they kept all of the gritty feel to it because the books are definitely not for kids and if you think the books are for kids then you're out of your damn mind there's a whole bunch of really torturous grim things that happen in the books so Uh, mine watch with us um i will say our younger ones cover their eyes or whatever these parts so um we've repaired them and then we discuss what is happening and why it's happening and um so my 10 year she has been sick so she went to bed didn't watch it with the rest of us but she and I she's watching it today with my warder and um (laughs) they were talking about what Valda was doing to Egwene and Perrin and she's like what's going on here and so she's listening to what Valda is telling them is happening and she's like well that makes her the bad guy either way and I'm like yes like this guy Allie is not a good guy and she's like no she's like this is awful she's like it's such a bad trap I'm like you're right it's not good and I'm like I love how like she can even see that like it's they did such a good job like showing how it is that people who don't read the books see how hypocritical I'm going to say the children of the light are and again I want to point out that it's super I mean I understand that Valda has his obsession with getting rid of the Aes Sedai right and hates them but he knows so much about the one power and also that Egwene can channel the one power and there's no reason for him to know it. Yeah. So that makes me curious. Again, it makes me wonder if he is a forsaken. Maybe in order to further the chaos, which is one of the themes later on, mm-hmm. one of the Forsaken gave him something that lets him know when he's in the presence of someone who can channel. That could be too. That is a definite possibility. Um, that is a very good possibility. Yeah. I... I don't know why I'm bucking that idea so hard of him being a forsaken. <laughs> Just fail. It's okay. My warder did too. So yeah. I thought that was strange. And I'm like, I feel like he could be Ravine. Because we're not going to have that huge thing. So, so if they can bind both of Morgase's captors. Possible. Okay. All right. It's just something I'm going to appreciate this theory more. Yeah. So I'm like, 
I'm trying to like think of things that they could be doing, things that they might be foreshadowing. And right. anyone who knows anything about the books knows what happens with Valda. Right. What also happens with Ravine. And we're all going to be thinking how suspicious it is. But he already knows that Egwene's a channeler. Right. And let me just say, I was super triggered by their cleaning of Egwene. Absolutely triggered. I oh, was no. very, very, very triggered. Now, I'm not one of those people that's like, if you have a trigger or something like that, then you shouldn't be watching, whatever, whatever. But sometimes you don't expect it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you really are not expecting it, and it just like gets you right in the heart box. Yeah. That was one of those moments for me. Yeah. <clears throat> um and then we have Valda. I drew wolves plus Perrin with a heart around it. His scene with his golden eyes. Mm. Yes. All the yes. I think that it's really Go ahead. And he talks to the wolf. Tells him where to go. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. So it kind of almost looks, and I'm going to be really crazy here, but it kind of almost looks like Parcel Tongue. How they did that in Harry Potter. Mm. A little. Like there's a little, a little bit of a tone to that. Where Yeah. I mean, you can't like hear the words of the wolf. So right. there's that. But like you can see that there's a connection. Mm-hmm. And then Egwene just shanking the fuck out of Valda. Oh, that was great. Oh, man. I shit it, girl. Like, that's my girl. That's my girl, Igwe. Good job. We had to take him out. Yep. Um, But I also found the difference in uh, one of the differences from the books to be a little bit like, eh, how's that going to work in the future? Because Parag doesn't kill anyone. And in the future, in the books... That's one of the reasons why Galad wants to hang him is because he killed a child of the light. That's one of the reasons why Morgay yes. resides over that whole thing. Right. It's because this he killed a child yet. of the light. We have a whole seven more seasons after this to go. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just the beginning. All right. Um, ooh, I also brought up in here the same thing about the releasing the bond, the politics update from Alana to Moraine and then are they combining Elida and Leandrin yeah I'm not sure how I feel about that yet so I'm just gonna move on um oh and how Stefan says he's never been with a man yeah yeah I mean pretty sure Alana would be more than willing um and Lan is all broody about Nynaeve not talking to him after she channels to save him. Yeah. I think they're both a little bit scared about it. Yes. They're doing it right. Um, Stepin tricky MFR goes and tells Nynaeve he can't sleep gets her herbs and drugs land. And I mean, land with nine Eve's herbs. 
this is sick and twisted. But it shows that he <laughs> had foresight about it and it kind of erases any questions that it could have been someone else that killed him. This is true. I agree. Um, I also, oh, Pot on Fane is in Tarvalon. Yes. We saw a little shot there and heard some whistling. Yep, we did. And I missed it the first time. Really? I was tweeting. <laughs> so Graham made me rewind it and then I missed it and then I missed it again and then I finally saw it like I thought I saw him walking in one part of it and I'm like oh was that pot on Fane and Grant's like no but he's up there and I'm like oh man so yeah nice that was great and then um loyal saves the day the raid is a ritual in the two rivers and it's very distinctive and i'm loving it i just so now i'm interested to see what they're going to do with matt rand tells naive he thinks that matt's the one who can channel Mm. and then am i missing anything else super exciting in this episode I don't remember anything else super exciting happening. No. Nope, I think we're good and caught up. So yeah, it was great. I love all the Easter eggs that are being planted. Um, I see all the threads um, that are being woven. Yes. And it's great. It is great. So great. Love it. all right you got a lenny quote for us today not today this isn't a normal episode not a normal episode i did not prep a lenny quote okay well we're good then yeah so till next week guys yep next week we will be covering somebody's point of view in the last battle chapter and then the following week we will have our review of episode six and seven yay and then we're almost which means that we'll get to spend a whole entire episode on the eighth episode, the last one. As we should. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. We, uh, it's been a pleasure helping you find North Harbor. Yeah. Uh, thank you for bearing with my sick voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.